0: is it?
1: Good morning, my name is McLean Murphy and I am on the staff in the session here at First Pres. and we are so glad that you are with us this morning, those of you in the room and those of you joining us online. There's something amazing about Sunday mornings. It's this hour set aside where we get to be with each other, be with God and leave the room different from the way that we came. Psalm 145, 18 says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. My hope for us this morning is that throughout the entire service, in our hearts, we are whispering to God, God, I'm calling on you. God, I'm calling on you in truth. This is my whole life. This is my whole heart. And as we do that, God promises to be near to us. The Bible is filled with promises like this, promises of a loving God drawing near to us. If you're new here to First Pres, welcome. We have a Connect card that we would love for you to fill out. You can do so online. You can scan the QR code, whatever is easiest for you. We just want to get you plugged in. We want to get to know you. We want to know how we can engage you and just be your friend and connect into the church. At First Pres, we care about relationships. We care about relationships with each other, and we care about relationships with God, because that is what leads to life change and transformation. So I hope over this next hour, that is what happens in your own heart and soul. Please pray with me. God, we just thank you for this time together. Will we get to just come as we are and give you our hearts? Lord, we have different people on our minds this morning people who are concerned about and worried about specifically within our family here at First Pres, God, we lift up the friends and the family of Kevin Lang who passed away this week. God, would you draw near to them as you promised in this verse. Would you be their everything, their comfort. God, would you just help them as they grieve. Lord, we pray for Portia Young as she recovers from surgery. God, we just thank you for Portia and her spirit and her joy, and we just pray that you would come alongside her and bring her complete healing and restoration. God, we think about Jackie Faircloth this weekend, as we always do, and Jesus, we just ask that you would be near, that she would feel your presence, that she would feel your transforming love, that she would be encouraged even in this very moment, God. And, Lord, we are so grateful for the men and the women who have served our country. God, this weekend that we have set aside, dedicated, especially to honor and remember those who lost lost their lives in service to our country. God, thank you for their bravery. Thank you for their selfless sacrifice. And, Lord, for these families of men and women who serve, we just pray, God that this weekend would be a really special time for them, that they would know that they are loved and honored by all of us. God, thank you for this morning, thank you for this service, and we love you. Amen.
0: All right. Good morning, First president Let's stand up for worship and welcome to all of our online viewers.
2: online we're doing three really special things this morning and first is thing one special thing one we have a baptism and Chris and Sarah Dunn have brought CJ Dunn their baby here to be with us this morning and Chris and Sarah if you want to come on up CJ and his dad are sporting bow ties if you guys would come on up here there are I presume Dunn's and Beckers and other friends and family who are here with you this morning is that correct I had the pleasure of doing their wedding on the beach over in Pinellas County a couple of three years ago and look at what happened yeah You are catching the bow tie thing here, right? Come here so the camera can see you really well. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Kathy is much more dignified when she introduces families. Now, (laughs) isn't she?
3: No, that's all good because friends, as we celebrate the baptism of little C.J. this morning, I want to invite you to think about your own baptism because baptism is a gift from God. Baptism is that moment when God seals us and confirms that we belong to him. And that's what we're saying about this little man. But in particular, the baptism of an infant reminds us that there is absolutely nothing that we can do to earn God's love. Nothing. And did you know that Jesus would take children in his arms and he would place his hands on them and he would bless them? That's what we're doing this morning.
2: So I don't have time to tell you about it, but there's a lot of love right here, is there not? This this man, one of the ways that she responded to him was watching him love people. And we just leave it at that, how's that? So I'm, I'm honored to be here with you. I, I just want to look you two in the eye and ask you a question. Do you promise in front of these people who are serving in a sense as godparents, that's what the family of faith is, what, do you promise to do everything you can do to love God first, love each other second, and love this guy in a way that he will also fall in love with Jesus. Do you promise to do that? That's awesome. Godfather and Godmother want to come stand up here with us? I'm sorry I didn't even get that part. I was having too much fun watching the bow ties. So I'm going to I'm gonna take Caleb Jacob, Caden Jacob, I'm sorry, Caden Jacob out of your hands. Caden, Jacob, CJ, you don't know me from Sam's uncle but that's okay and I'm going to come over here And what you folks are doing is you're promising in a covenant way. You're promising no matter what, and you're promising no matter what, that you're going to love this kid and help him see the love of God and become a person who on his own chooses to be a Jesus follower. That's the promise, the covenant that we're making here today. You ready, CJ, Caden, Jacob? Okay, buddy. Caden, Caden, Jacob done. Son of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Amen. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I just want you to look at him. Yeah, it's it's cute. He's cute, but you know what you really want? You want him to grow up to be mature in faith. That's what we all want for ourselves. That's the promise that we make as family of faith. We do everything we can do. Babies are beautiful, but what's really beautiful is mature human beings who love the way Jesus loved. And that's what we're about here. It's a real relationship with Jesus, and transformation happens because of it. CJ, brother, let's go do it. What do you say, man? It's okay to applaud now. Kathy is going to tell you about this special Sunday and thing too that's special about today.
3: All right, so we are so excited because you may recall that about a month ago, we had the pastor and the members of the Church of God of Prophecy of Hyde Park here in worship. The members, they led us in worship. It was amazing. Well, in turn, They've invited all of us to join them in worship this morning at 11.15 a.m. and lead their worship service. And we call it
2: Better Together.
3: We sure do because it's the coolest story. Um, this all happened.
2: We call it Better Together.
3: It's going to be better. There
2: we are. It's going there to we be are. better.
3: But what happened was that Nate and Mary Forbes and Fitz met each other and became 5 a.m. in the morning friends at the downtown YMCA when they were working out and they discovered they were all pastors. Well that friendship developed into God's gift to us all because we are indeed better together. We are. We are. And in Psalm 133, it just says this beautiful phrase, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony.
2: So when this worship service is over, I love you, but I'm going to run to my car to go over to Oregon Avenue on Hyde Park in Hyde Park right there by McDonald's, et cetera, because we're going to do worship again at 1115. So that's that. The Mm -hmm. third special thing is this. We have a family leaving us and Kathy and I are going to come back down to the bottom of the steps. For those of you online, I know that you have a little more trouble here seeing us and but I am going to invite Jim and Michael and Lisa Turley to come forward. And what's happening is about three years ago, Jim, he lives right behind Kathy and me in the next street south, and he said he was going to move to South Carolina. I didn't believe him. He didn't do it, but he did it. So they've done it. So they sold their house for way more than they asked for. Welcome to South Tampa and they're moving. Jim has taken a new job. He's gonna be an account manager for a company that makes cabinetry, et cetera. Lisa works for Raymond James and Raymond James is gonna allow her to continue work from Greenville, South Carolina. And Michael is a rising ninth grader at Wade Hampton High School in Greenville, South Carolina. That's yeah, what's going there on go. there. Now, I, if I'm Michael, I'm a little nervous. Michael, we get it brother, we understand. This is what we're gonna do. Jim wanted to say something. Jim, it really needs to be quick if I, where's that? Here we go. So here we go. We
4: would just like to share a little story about how God's worked for us in our lives recently. Um, when we were looking for a home uh, back in March, up in in Greenville, they have to say it Greenville, not Greenville, but uh, anyway, <laughs> we did a little, we got to the houses a little bit before the realtor. We sat in the car, did a little prayer, said, God, you know, please show us is this where you want us to be. You know, is this in Greenville, you know? So the very first house we're looking at, Lisa comes up, she's like, Jim, Jim, come
3: here. No, we come. Ask for a very
4: clear oh, oh, a very clear sign, I'm sorry, thank you. A clear sign that this is where you want us to be. So we go in the house, I'm walking around, Lisa's like, Jim, Jim, come here. Sorry. Um, okay, that's better. Um, so anyway, she says, Jim, Jim, come here, you gotta look at this. I'm like, what? I'm, I'm looking at something else. I go over and there's literally a probably a two foot by three foot sign. All Presbyterians welcome here. <laughs> so Lisa, Lisa's like, there's a sign, it's physically a sign on the wall, And but we're standing there, we're looking, we're like, but this doesn't feel like our house, this, but what if we don't follow the sign? So we stood there for like 10 minutes, Just there's a sign, we asked for a sign,
5: and we <laughs> that's but anyway,
4: I think it was, bring us to Greenville, show us this is where you want us to be, but I thought oh, I'd share that, it, awesome. it was funny.
3: Thank you, that's Thank fantastic. Thank you. So,
2: I don't know if you can tell Jim's voice is breaking up a little bit. This place means a lot to him. Tampa means a lot to him. He was married here in this room and we've been doing life together and we've shared faith together. And so we're going to pray for Jim and Lisa and Michael as they make this transition. If anybody would like to come up here and stand with us as we do that and perhaps pray, that would be awesome. Uh, A few of you and why don't you guys just come stand here right in the middle and um, uh, we'll just kind of huddle around you. And there are folks who've been in life groups with you and other folks this morning who are going to come and huddle up and there's it's okay to it's okay to have a little sad yeah so I'm going to do this I realize that you folks online can't hear everything that's going to be said you can hear me you can hear Kathy and we're, if you want to stand next to your device and just sort of pray, that would be great to like, make a move to stand up. And any of you who want to pray out loud, please, please do so. It's okay that no, nobody else can hear. And then Kathy and I will say a prayer that people can hear when we're finished. So let us all pray together for the Turley family.
1: We, we thank you for their faith. We thank you for their courage and their boldness to step out and head to Greenville. Lord, we know that you have great things ahead for all three of them. And uh, God, we give you thanks in advance for it.
3: Father, we love this family. We are so grateful for the way, Lord, that they have loved us so well and they have lived out their love for you in front of us and with us. And Lord, they have been sacrificial in the way that they have given of their gifts and their time and their talents and their resources. So our hearts are full of gratitude for them as we send them with your loving care, sending them in blessings and in the grace of your goodness knowing that you are waiting for them already there in Greenville and that you have a community of faith of Jesus followers ready to embrace them and welcome them in and um, we pray over Michael especially that he would feel right at home in Mm -hmm. this new high school setting and that friendships there would be forever friendships and that he would find other believing friends God and we just um, ask that um, as they go. Um, that you would use them to glorify you and serve you for the rest of their lives as they have so faithfully done in our midst.
2: God, we don't like it when people we love leave us, so we're a little bit mad, but it's hard to argue with a sign. And that's kind of funny, but it really is true. What we want to do as a family of faith, affirm that you are way bigger than us, and you already are there in that city, and there are people that don't know it yet. They're gonna have great new relationships with these folks, and they with them, and that that's the nature of the family of Jesus, that it's huge. And all of this is clearly from you, and that gives courage and strength and sustenance when it sort of feels hard for this family and for those who of, of us. So we thank you that we don't always have to like it, but you move and you move us. And so that's what's happening here. And again, as Kathy said, particularly for Michael, as he starts high school itself, plus a new high school with new friends, and for Lisa, for the, the ability of Raymond James to provide for her and for Jim in his new job as he begins to uh, manage new accounts, and for friends and for the, everything working out with selling their home here and having a home there, all of that, gracious God, we surrender to you. You are just so big. We, we half the time have no clue what you're doing, and we listen humbly and follow. So thank you for this family, thank you for the rich heritage of friendship, transformational friendship that's been a part of their relationships here in this church. All of this in the name of Jesus, who teaches us to love, giving it and receiving it well. Amen. Amen. Thank you all, thank you. As these folks make their way back to their seats, let me invite you all to stand because we're going to sing one more really great tune together.
3: And I'm going to ask you to stand and just be with me in this moment as I... (laughs) Oops. (laughs) It's all right. Stand with me. It's worthy of standing because you're going to hear from Jesus right now. In Matthew 5, listen to what Jesus said. You ready? Be ready to give to whoever asks of you. Be ready to give to whoever asks of you. Jesus is asking us, inviting us to live in a spirit of readiness to generosity with our time, our giftedness, and our resources. And we become more and more like Jesus when we respond to needs the way he did. So here are five ways... That you can put your generosity into action, trusting God to use our gifts to love people who are really in need. God bless you. Let's sing with gratitude to the one who gave us everything.
0: Jesus Christ, my Lord. seal the promise
5: the Lord.
2: When I got married, I had absolutely no clue of who I was and what I was doing. Did I, Catherine? Did you know what you were doing when you got married, if you were a married person? Some of us are married, some of us are single again, some of us are single. We're talking about marriage and we're talking about this book in the Bible. I have very good news for you, even though you, like I, may not have a clue. The good news is this, there's a book in the Bible about your love life. And when I say love life, yes, I mean love life. And what we're saying is this, if you wanna have a love life, or if you have a love life, or if you used to have one, whatever, this book is for us. And last week we talked mostly kind of about dating. This week we're gonna talk mostly kind of about marriage. Next week, yes we are. Attendance is gonna quadruple, yes. You know what we're talking about next week, don't you? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about sex. We most certainly are. I had no clue what I was doing when I got married, and I mean that a couple of different ways. I really didn't understand what I'm going to talk about today, and what I'm going to talk about today is the difference between covenant and contract. In fact, I have a slide for you. Here's the point. You ready? The point. Marriage is a covenant, not a contract. A contract says, if you, then I. A covenant says, no matter what, I do. Just leave that up for just a second longer. You can take pictures of it. It's coming up again in a few minutes. Here's what I want us to understand about marriage as covenant. What marriage is, marriage reflects God's covenant that God made with us. God said, I will love you forever, period. I will never stop loving you. It's not contractual. If God's love was contractual, we'd be all out of luck because we can't keep our end of the bargain. But God says, no matter what, I will love you and continue to love you over and over and over again it's a clear message from page one to the very last page of the bible all the way through it i love you period sacrificially god loves us giving his son to make access to god available to all of us sacrificially so covenant and sacrifice, that's what we're talking about, about marriage. And here's, here's what's true about marriage and what's true about God's covenant with us, which we know to be the case in the de- life and death and resurrection of Jesus. Marriage reflects the covenant of God with humanity. And the covenant of God with humanity reflects marriage. They explain each other. So I want you to start cooking that in your understanding. If you're not married and think you want to be, this is what it's about. It's about will I serve the other forever? It's not about can I get what I want or even can I get what I need? Certainly needs are met in marriage, but that's not the foundation. It can't be. It changes too much. The foundation is will I serve the other period, forever, never quit. There are powerful examples of people in marriage who've served when difficult circumstances overwhelm them. You know them. They're in the room now. Contract says when I quit getting whatever it was I signed up for, I walk away. I'll get a new one. And see what's happening is you and I are being bombarded. And no, I don't It's not like you wanted to not understand. it. It's not like I wanted not to understand what I was getting into when I was getting married. I just didn't understand by the grace of the almighty God of the universe. God slowly helped me understand who I was so I could relate to someone without ruining the relationship, without being a jerk and growing up to be a person who's more able to live covenantally, serving, giving, thinking of the other and so reflecting a little bit the good news of the gospel in my relationship with Kathy. Marriage when it's good is underrated. 43 years and I can say it today, I mean I'm way, way better as a friend and as a partner with Kathy, way better. I'm not a bad guy. I'm just telling you, I had no concept. I was a stranger to myself when I got married. No mas. (laughs) So what we want to do is look at a wedding. God's all for weddings. We're going to look at a wedding. Jesus is all for weddings. Did you know the first miracle Jesus performed was at a wedding? They ran out of wine. He made some wine. It's a party. You can't not have wine. Weddings are all in. So this is from the Song of Solomon, that's the book about our love life, and this is just a snapshot of what appears to me to be a wedding ceremony. This is Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verses 6 through 11. I want to say a few things about these verses. Let's look at verse 6. Who is this, sweeping from the wilderness like a cloud of smoke? Who is it, fragrant with myrrh and frankincense and every kind of spice? Well, who is it? It's the groom sweeping with a cloud of smoke now this doesn't mean he had a bad carburetor in his vehicle if you're a person reading the bible a cloud of smoke is ringing in your hebrew ears and you're going wait a minute it was a cloud by day and and fire and smoke by night that's how god led the people of israel from place A, which is where they had been in prison, to place B, which was the promised land. This is about the presence of God. This is no contract. This is a divine appointment. What's going on here? A divine appointment. In Florida, I think I have this correctly, in Florida, if you want to get married, you go over to the courthouse together, you sign the license, you pay them the 80 bucks, you wait three days, and a notary can you marry? you? That's okay. That's a contract. This is a divine appointment that's happening right here. God is there. And all this stuff about myrrh and Franks And frankincense, fellas, I think that means you smell pretty good when you got there. Verse 7 and 8, look at this. Look, and we're talking about the marriage of the king, Solomon. Look, it's Solomon's carriage surrounded by 60 heroic men, the best of Israel's soldiers, They're all skilled swordsmen, experienced warriors. Each wears a sword on his thigh, ready to defend the king against an attack in the night. Sixty groomsmen? Can you imagine how many dresses? What's the point? These 60 men are fighting for that marriage relationship. That's the point. You know what we do in the family of faith? We fight for marriage in a world that doesn't help at all. The culture out there is not helping us stay married. It's working against us. But here we are armed, and I want you to see this as a marriage ceremony, and there's a bunch of people who are going to give it everything they have to fight for the marriage. Friends, it's a covenant, and we fight for it. We help each other do it oh, in the the years that Kathy and I have been married, have we depended on other people to help us be married to each other in a way that reflects our experience of the gospel of Jesus. And in a way where we began to hope that our marriage relationship was in some way or form a sign, a signal to people around us that we had been changed by the gospel of Jesus and we wanted our marriage to reflect that. We We want our marriage to reflect that. That's what's going on here. Some people would say, well, marriage is just a piece of paper. Does it make a difference? Here's what I'd say to them. What are you trying to get around? It's a covenant. It lasts forever. Now, when people say that, I get it. There's a lot of pain in the world today, and people are afraid of the covenant of marriage. Probably the reason they say it's just a piece of paper, maybe it's because they understand how covenantal it is, and they have been hurt. Oh don't give up. It's worth fighting for. Go sign the license. Get involved with your people who are people trying to figure marriage out. Do it together. Get help. It's way way better. That way. And it works. King Solomon verse 9, 10 and 11. Now we'll finish our way through this wedding ceremony. King Solomon's carriage is built of wood imported from Lebanon. He's king. He's got a lot of loot. He can do this. Its posts are silver, its canopies gold, its cushions are purple. It was decorated with the love of the young women of Jerusalem. All the bridesmaids and their friends decorating everything. What a party. Come out to see King Solomon, all you young women. He wears the crown his mother gave him on his wedding day, his most joyous day. Yes, God is into weddings. Jesus loved weddings. What do you think the average cost of a wedding is today? However, huh? I'm just throwing a number out there. Average. I have. I'm going to say thirty-five grand. I have been to weddings where I know because they told me six figures, and I've been to weddings where I and two, Kathy and two other people, stood in someone's room and we spent no money, zero, and everything in between. But here's the really important point. No matter whether you have a six-figure wedding with a a caviar bar, cigars getting rolled, or you stood on the sidewalk outside your front yard, here's the point. Your wedding has zero influence on the nature of your marriage. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Nothing. We put a ton of effort into the ceremony, and we're lacking in effort in figuring out how to make it covenantal. I'm okay with big weddings. I love parties. I love getting invited to a party where they can throw six figures out there. That's a blast. However, what I want to do is fight with you for marriages that grow into what it means to be sacrificial reflections of the gospel, covenants, not contracts. In Genesis chapter 2, that's the first marriage. It's not that they were naked and afraid. Y'all watched it too, haven't you? You know what they are they're naked and unashamed and you know maybe you're like me you're just immature enough to just be thinking about the naked part I don't know but let's let's go a little further than that You know what that means it means they knew each other they knew each other really well and they weren't afraid of each other and they weren't uh, trying to hide any part of who they were and that's what it's about it's about deeply knowing each other and over time with vulnerability and transparency and openness and trust and the guardrails of a covenant that you've signed guess what happens we grow to be unashamed we are who we are none of us gets it all right none of us is perfect not even close but man is that not unbelievable because remember we're reflecting the gospel God loves us no matter what just the way we are just the way we are and therefore, that begins to happen in our marriages. And we are reflecting in this covenant commitment the goodness of God. Now, there are lots of marriages that shouldn't have happened and they end, and it's hard, and this, it's tough in our world today. And I'm not speaking again. The people who've been through a marriage that didn't make it, you know this already. I love you. You are the last person in the world who needs to be told that this is no fun. You know it. No guilt. Let it go. From here forward, Be a person who wants to be prepared to live in and then lives into a covenantal relationship. You can control that. You can control how you make yourself ready, whether you're married or not, for being married. And it's by becoming the person who wants to serve the other person for the rest of your life. That's the preparation plan. Everything else changes. I'm not gonna say who, but I have a 33 year old friend it's a man. His body has changed. He calls it a daddy body. <laughs> now, see, if this man's wife had married him because of his flat gut, we're in trouble, aren't we? That's not what it's about. It's not about how flat your gut is. I get, stay in shape. I don't, yeah. yeah. That's really to love your, uh, the other by getting in shape is a sacrifice to the other. When it hurts, and you can't take it anymore, just keep doing it because it's for him or for her. But that's not, your person's not going to walk away because you've got a couple of extra LBSs. I'm sporting a little bit of a role right now. She reminds me of it. She, she said yesterday, look at your belly. <laughs> it was hanging out of my t shirt. <laughs> I said, yep. And I ate some more chocolate. Covenant such a good word so I want to repeat the point up comes the slide again if you didn't have a chance to take a picture of it marriage is a covenant not a contract a contract says if you then I marriage says a covenant a covenant says no matter what I do and so let's just talk about a couple of contracts contracts are fine Tico right Tico sends you electricity, you pay them a bill. If they quit sending you electricity, but you're up on your bill, you call and yell at them. If you don't send them your money, after a while, you get a little sticker on your door. And then a a little while longer, the refrigerator doesn't work anymore. That's a contract, nothing wrong with contracts. We have to have them. They're a natural part of the give and take of just having a human society. But that's not what marriage is. of a covenant. Here, I want you to think, I'm going to say the word theologically. I want you to think theologically and when I say that what I mean is try to see things with God reality. And we use the Bible to help us understand how to think theologically and I'm not going to quote you a verse about what I'm about to say, but here's what marriage is. Marriage is glorifying God. That's what it's about. You're thinking, really? You want my marriage to glorify God? And I say, yeah, you can glorify God in little everyday ways by simply learning to serve and love the other person, by being that person's friend, by being a partner forever, because we're joined physically, we're joined financially, we're joined emotionally, we're joined relationally. And in little every ordi- everyday ordinary ways, we make God look good all of life is to be lived as Jesus followers, to make God look good. That's what the fancy Bible word glorify God means. It means,
5: yay God.
2: And none of us is an expert at this, so we all just do it together. You say to your friends when you see something good in their marriage, tell them, we need to hear that from each other. I did it on purpose in front of you with Chris and Sarah. I don't have time to tell you the backstory. I'm just telling you there's a lot of love And I affirm you to in your love and the love I learned about when we met to to, to do your wedding. I'm just telling you, it's there. So I got to brag on them publicly. So that's what we need from each other. Fight for it. Be one of the 60 warriors. Women, take up a sword. Jump in line. We can have women and men groomsmen carrying swords around here, can't we? Yeah. Fight for it. I've never heard contract language in weddings. I've done a gazillion weddings. Kathy and I have done a gazillion together. We've each done a gazillion. The the language in weddings is not contractual. It's covenantal. Forever, forever, better or worse, richer or poorer. That's that's covenant language. Take a look at whatever you said to each other when you got married. It's great covenant language. Nobody goes into a marriage saying, ah, you know, I'm gonna do this for a while. And that's not what we do but we get sucked in. This is a joke. man says to his wife, I want what I want when I want it. And she says back, well, you're going to get what I got when you get it. See, that's that's a contract. Men, men, never make your wife feel like she's on the clock. Tenderness. be Be tender with her. It doesn't come easily for us. I'm not saying I'm great at it. I can't, I don't know what I should say. Women, I'm not gonna tell you what to do because I don't know, I'm not a woman. All I know is that we're like puppies. If we get it even half right, just pat us on the head and go, good boy, we'll do it again. I'll say one other thing to you women. You can lead us way better than you can push us. You know, like a rope, try pushing a rope, like get about six feet of rope and try to push it, doesn't work, but if you hook the rope to my nose and pull me and I don't know it, See, it's like this. Women, you're playing three-dimensional chess and we're on checkers. Duh, if I move it this way, what up? (laughs) But we'll follow. Just lead us. Single or married, here's the last thing I want to say about all of this before I throw some questions for you to think about. Single or married, I want you to know this. Whether you want to be married or not, or whether you're married or whether you've are married and think maybe again, here's what is really true about all of us. We all need regular realignment. We all need regular realignment, all of us, because none of us gets it right. The second, I have a passage of scripture from the Apostle Paul that needs to come up now. This, this is going to say this, for while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not, not that one, the next one. God proves that he loves us because while you and I were busy running off track, Jesus Christ died for us. Take this into your marriage. Take this if you're dating. Becoming a person who's prepared. Here's your dating advice today. Become the person who's prepared to serve the other the rest of your life. And remember this. You've been loved long before you ever thought about it. And we're forgiven. And Jesus died and our relationships that are covenant reflect that. That's, that's why we all need realignment. It's like saying to God, I'm sorry, I blew it. Get, redo me, make me over again. A couple of questions as we think about how I, these are questions I want you to ask of yourself. Just two or three of them. If you are if you're dating someone or if you're married, it's a simple question. In what way Are you serving the other? I'll ask it again. Whether you're you're single or whether you're married, in what way are you serving the other? It's a great kind of measure, kind of self-awareness. And obviously the answer is celebrate the way you are, and if you think you need to pick up your game a little bit, pick it up. Another thing that I think we want to ask is, contract is equal to expectation. And my question is this, what unrealistic or unnamed expectations have you imported into your dating or marriage relationship? I'll say it again. What unrealistic or unnamed expectations have you brought in to your dating or your marriage relationship? covenant, no matter what, I do. Period. That's the kind of people that you, Jesus followers, and I, Jesus follower, want to be. I want to be a person whose life reflects the love of God just the way I am, and I want to be a person who loves others the way I'm being loved. I want my marriage to reflect God's love, and I want God's love to be reflected in my marriage. Allow me to pray for us. Married people, and maybe going to be married people, about this covenant, this beauty, this fantastic way that we can live for God. Gracious God, we thank you that we get to be people who live having benefited from your love. You make us into new people, you transform us and you use relationships in marriage and in dating and in friendship and work, you use all those relationships to make us into the people that you want us to be. You do it here in this church on Sundays, you do it in our groups, you do it when we serve. You do it in so many ways, and we want to be those people, but mostly, gracious God, we want to reflect the beauty of your covenantal love with us. You love us no matter what forever. I do. That's what you said. And we want that to be the way we prepare for marriage or we live in it. Thank you, gracious God, that we, your people, can be your ambassadors, loving others really well in everyday, ordinary ways, in little ways and big, and somehow you end up looking good because of it. We glorify you. Thank you for Jesus who loved us so well. Amen. Friends, let me invite you right now. You're excited. You're covenant people. Jump up and sing this last kind of reprise of what we have already done today. And then go out there and do this. Love somebody really well.
5: I've searched the world.